This episode of the Disc Golf Podcast is brought to you by otbdiscs.com. At one point in time, if you listened to the show, you knew uh, about our little secret site to get awesome discs. Uh, it's not a secret anymore. It is a site where you can learn everything about the discs you're purchasing before you actually have them in your hands. Get disc weight, dominess, flatness, all kinds of ratings. Learn it before you get it in there and get your favorite disc at only the best discs. OTBDiscs.com. Use promo code DGPODCAST to get free shipping on your next order. What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 230 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin, and alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. What is the best time to go to the dentist? Uh, when you're, hopefully before your teeth hurt and like, you know, regularly. 2.30. 2.30. Okay. Two, two, that's our episode. I have a seven-year-old son, and he loves, like, uh, dad jokes and puns. Yeah, no, it was, uh, that was, I'm sure he would have enjoyed that. So that was a great show, everyone. Uh, <laughs> really hope you enjoyed it. Really hope you've been hanging out with, with us for five-plus years. Is this and, the part uh, where we tell them that we uh, are also not doing a deer review in this episode? Oh, I mean, I get, I, I, I think you just did. I think you just did. I did. I did. I figured, like, why? You know, it. it if there's going to be a low point in the show, you might as well just pile on everything. Right. And the right. thing is, to be totally honest, we um, have probably been better than we've been in months with like trying discs out in the sense that we like spent a whole day throwing mixed bags of disc we haven't thrown before but we forgot that whole thing where we probably should have switched bags halfway through the round so the other person Uh threw said discs a whole bunch correct we also one of our discs which you'll learn in the next week or so we threw in um base plastic did not fly anything close to the numbers got one in premium plastic had like a throw and went oh maybe it is anyways we've yeah. got we've got we need to throw further evaluation yes is and required. we just didn't want to make stuff up for y'all but yeah. we also wanted to get on and, and chat and, and hang out i think that's really the main thing is rob and i just wanted to hang out with each other and uh pretty much in in covid times uh with wives and children's um you got to make sacrifices, and the and the deer review this week is the sacrifice for us to hang out and uh, drink beers together. I'm going to guess that people would prefer that we record an episode sans deer review versus just not recording an episode. Oh, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. I would hope so. I'd assume so. Um. Th- Maybe not. Maybe they're out there. They're just like, "Fuck you." If you ain't gonna, if you ain't gonna review, some- I mean, I think there are people. I don't know that there are a ton, but I, I know I've I've um, heard from some that are like, "I like the deer. I skip to the deer review. I want to hear the deer review." And I've heard people that are like, "I skip to the deer review, and I don't drink beer. I just want to know what you think about the disc." Yeah. So to those of you, this episode's probably not for you. And maybe, maybe this is the time to just, you know, sit back and listen and hang out with us. And uh, maybe, maybe we've changed since you've decided not to actually listen to our show. <laughs> I'm going to say that to you, one person out of our lots of listeners. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's at least one. For sure. Well, maybe. Hopefully not. I don't know. That was like the loudest, longest open of a of a really can was. I've had. <laughs> we're we're really setting a precedent here. 
Joe has clearly opened a uh, seltzer. seltzer. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Ew. Uh, I mean, it is definitely not alcoholic. Oh, and, I didn't say that. Uh, you know? Yeah. It's, it's going to be... We're going to try to think of something. So... There's like good stuff to talk about, though. It's not like we've got a great show for you guys tonight. Nailed it. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, like the tournaments that happened, like the Silver Series oh. event, the Vintage, vintage Open. open. Yeah, I was like, and uh, <laughs> that Simon Lazat did some stuff. And is going to do some more stuff. And says he's going to do some more stuff. And that sounds great. Yep. So we'll talk about that. And uh, Jones Bros coming up. We'll probably talk about some stuff that we don't know that we're going to talk about yet, but it's going to be interesting. So I hope you stick in for that. There was a rating. There was a we'll rating. Picks. We'll do our picks for the Jonesboro Open, which we'll get to see live coverage of. Well, there was live coverage of Vintage Open, just the final round. So yeah, that that did happen. But um, but we'll get some legit live. For, for this next Jonesboro 2021 tournament. So yeah. Looking forward to that. Very much so. Uh, so I would like to start with Simon because we talked about it in last week's episode because Paul McBeth made a video with him and gave him lines and we're are the whole like the whole takeaway from the video was Oh my God, like if Simon just stopped trying to do crazy freaking lines, look what he can do. And now he's going to come back. And part of the conversation that he put out when he was uh, saying that was that he's not 100%. He's not going to be able to do some of these things. It's like. And then he even said, Oh my goodness. He even said, Who knows? Maybe by throwing this way powering down and controlling shots i may even play better yeah yeah so which here's the thing the tantalizing thought that that simon the personality we love and and the skill set that is just has no ceiling if he were to play smart golf Hmm. yeah i'm excited well here's the thing I don't know that Simon was always the Simon of current. Um, I feel like there were years there, like pre-injury, where Simon, you know, and probably when we started this podcast and we talked about how like elite his skill set is and his huge arm, but you really wouldn't see him attack crazy things until maybe that GBO that he won or when he would be out of running for first place yeah, and have a camera on him in final rounds and start throwing the crazy things. And I think as time's gone on, he's almost become more of that like Simon character, which is great, which we love. Mm-hmm. But I feel like him trying to attack those crazy lines has increased over the last five years. Yeah. Um, You know, I feel like there was GBO and then probably – Five years ago, too, maybe 20, yeah, maybe 2017, 2018. Um, in uh, uh, De La, like throwing crazy over the trees, cool things that we were all like, what? I didn't even know you could do that. And parking holes, I think, became kind of like, it looks cool. I feel pretty confident about it. And I get like so much great praise for doing these crazy things that he's shifted that way, that now he might be going back to more like what built Simon and got him to elite status in the first place was great control and clean lines. Yeah. Wouldn't it be fun? Oh, God, yes. Because the thing, too, Simon throwing 75% is still better than 95% of disc golfers. Yeah. That's literally what I was just about to get at, which is like, he doesn't need that extra like 70 feet or whatever. It oh, is. right. Like, like you, you, now and, you need to add 70 feet to your upshot. Like, like you even see the video that he did with, with Paul and, and gives Paul a, a Simon line 
and Paul throws the overstable disc on like the roller line and flexes it and it he they say in the video we have no proof they say in the video that it was like 600 plus feet and it's like well if Paul can do that and literally never does that in a tournament maybe let's listen to Paul yeah yeah totally <laughs> Like, like maybe, maybe let's just uh, listen to the guy that is capable of doing that, yet never does it in tournament because it's unlikely to gain him strokes on the field. Let's let's do that. Yeah, I like that. Now the question is, can the can Simon, he keep himself from doing? Can that? Simon do that without having someone tell him? I think he can. I think he well. He needs to learn the like. It's new lines to learn, and and we talked about this last episode. I know, Um, but but he gets in the moment, and is it is it there? And because there were multiple times where it was like begrudgingly. This is this could be the first instance. Um, you see it in golf, like regular ball golf, all the time. This could be the first instance of actually like having to hire a caddy to help you look at lines. I think this is a perfect example of why that would be a huge help. Because it's right now caddies are like locals who are like, hey, hit you up on Instagram or hey, can I carry you ba- your bag? Um, this is the perfect place. And yeah. like that's like if Robin or I played a tournament, I think we should be each other. Like yeah. if one and the other's not playing, should be each other's caddies because we do that for each other all the time. Yeah. Like I'll see Robin pulling a disc and be like, uh, and we talked about this last episode, yep. like nah, yeah. probably why don't you do Just like this? having someone that knows your capabilities yep. and understands your bag and is able to just be like, eh, no, 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 you should do this. I, You really should. This is the This is the highest percentage line. For you and Paul Macbeth clearly doesn't need that. He knows it already in his mind. But other players that are kind of seduced by the the drama of the big shot, like Simon is, has admittedly, uh, you know, been susceptible to, needs someone to be like, no, dude, don't try that spike shot that is low percentage. Just throw your P2 up the middle because you can throw your P2 like 400 feet Yep, and just do it. Why don't you throw like a 35% FD, pop it up flat, little turnover, late turnover, and put it on the basket. Yeah. Um, maybe I found my new calling. Maybe this is how I, I go quote-unquote pro in disc golf. I just start really um, – I just call Simon and say, hey, I just need to be with you. You got to pay me to be with you for the next six months. So I can study your game and play with you. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't think. It's I mean, that's work a, out that's, well for you. That's but. a that's a that's a big joke. But I do feel like if I rolled with anybody, like you, I mean, I guess it's far more than six months. But I feel good about playing with someone a ton and seeing how they throw and how discs work for them and being able to say, "I I've seen you do this a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Do the same shot that you did." on this hole or whatever, that's going to put you right where you need to be, especially, and that's where the caddy would really come in is when it's out of position or out of a position you're used to Yeah, is being able to line that up and I be like, I don't even know if it's that with him though. Like, like you saw in that video, it was like wide open shots and oh, to- it totally. could have been just for, for, for theatrics. So it, it could, I don't think it was though. I don't think so either. I don't think it was. I think, I, I think that he just, likes throwing hyzers a lot well he that's his distance control but he's also really 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 good at throwing shots straight at baskets he's like the best trick shot thrower there is and that's what it is is doing weird things with discs to shape crazy shots like he's got that control but nonetheless uh simon will be rejoining us for the otb open which is in stockton california and that is fantastic news, and I'm looking forward to it because that is a kind of park-style course. Um, it's a golf course that, that is with there. With some water. With some water. Like, maybe if he does a mix of his game where he's got the, the big shots combined with maybe some newfound kind of uh, smart play where, where he's 
you know, trying to mitigate strokes and go for the high percentage line. I, uh, it's going to be real hard when we come, when it comes time to make picks to not be like, oh, Simon, look, he's there. What if he does it? I mean, you kept watching the videos with him and Paul. Like, he played Paul's new course, which is the monster, and fucking destroyed Dude, it. Paul's new course. Is it? I don't know if it's changed since I watched it, but apparently the course record by Paul right now is over par. No. You haven't, you haven't watched him and Simon then, because Simon went like six down. Okay. Simon kicked his ass. Okay. All right, then no, I didn't watch that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure Paul's under par at this point because there's lots of weird, there's lots of weird OB quality OB like creeks on the side and stuff, yeah. not like super manufactured OB, but lots of woods. Yeah. Big distance. Well, it's 11,000 feet, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like that's bananas. Um, it's cool. So just, just for reference, if, if you wanted to shoot like a 40 on a course like that at 11,000 feet, Every single shot, including the ones that land in the basket, could be 350 feet. So for you and I, like if we play it perfectly and bang our shots from 350, we could we could score 40 on that course. What do you think? Sound nope. sounds good. If I threw in a field, <laughs> if I threw in a field, the wide open field, take wind out, a level field, and you told me I had. 30 shot or what 25 22 shots to throw 350 every single time uh-huh. oh no the putting it in so 40 shots yeah 40 shots to throw 350 plus or at least 350 i guess yes okay let me say average 350 for 40 shots in a field with whatever disc i want i don't think i could do it i think you could I think you get 350 pretty. Oh, actually, so 40 times times 350 is is 14,000. So 11,000. All right. Well, let's go score. Divided by. We got it. Let's go win this. <laughs> 350. 31 shots. My bad. I I had this. 31.5. Right, let's go, let's go get some course records. So, but uh, but that's also coming from me that has zero aces. Period. I think you so. Could, the thought of throwing in from three fifty or oh yeah yeah no like, no it's not not like it's not, not gonna happen not gonna happen no I mean the idea that that every single one of your shots we we should at some point I would love for someone to uh, calculate average shot distance over the course of uh, a a tournament for particular courses just just to see because well that's could, pretty easy if you just take the total feet yeah. It would but be, also like it'd be very simple, but I guess average. But it'd be average shot to um, direct length, because the way exactly. to really do it is be like yeah, an errant no, shot it, went six hundred feet, but yeah. it, you're now no, five hundred out. Have no bearing on what actually yeah. happened. It would just be your total number of shots divided by the whole length, you know, giving you an arbitrary thing. But it would be interesting to know what the average is for yeah. certain courses. Because uh, really, what you'd have to do that, is is, is uh, use a bushnell for every single shot. Yeah, then, no, that, that, that ain't happening. No, no. But it it is interesting because you know we try to get off the tee as far as we can, and then you've got a couple of shorter shots in theory on most holes. Like hopefully, you just have one great shot and one really short shot. Like that would be yeah, fantastic. And then like. You add two shots together and average them, and it's like, well, I had one four hundred foot shot and one ten foot shot. Ooh. <laughs> well, yeah, well, especially like when you bring OB into play, it's like, well, I threw it four hundred feet, but it went OB after fifteen feet uh-huh. and didn't come back and bounce. So that's a net of ten. Yeah, shoot. But I mean, eleven thousand feet on a course is crazy long. I mean, we we play courses on a regular basis that are half that. Yeah, and they're big like <laughs> like i don't get eleven thousand steps i mean steps are not feet but still yeah um that's a brutal long awesome course but it's not a ball golf course which is cool yeah it's yeah. wooded with elevation change which yeah. is very different i think for a lot of east coast well not mm-hmm. i take that back 
Um, no, but it looks for, like he's got for courses of length like that. It is very uncommon, from what I've seen, mm-hmm. to have lots of elevation change. Looks like there's some nice T pads in there, and looks like they're planning on uh, multiple uh, T positions going forward. But at the moment, it's kind of gold positions are are pretty long. I mean, that's that's a big course. Makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see there, there will be tournaments. I mean, a hundred percent, there's oh, going to be tournaments there. How could there not be? Like yeah, that is built to be, if uh, it's a not place. already in the works. Right. Right. Um, and looking ahead, just like looking at courses that I've played or, or seen too, as we get later in this, and I'm not going to jump into right now, but there are some cool things coming up this year that are like silver tiers and whatnot that we're going to see, um, some, some neat some neat courses yeah. i've realized that you know what i was thinking about that before we go to the next thing i think we kind of wrap that piece um i feel like i've gotten in like a blase mode with a lot of of courses that we watch and tournaments that we watch i'm like well i don't really that course is like it's all right uh but when it comes down to it in the end like even the courses that i don't love like las vegas and whatnot mm-hmm. would be so much fun to play and especially when you're yeah. Amateurs like us, super brutal, super tough, would yes. have fun times. Like, I just feel like we've gotten so hard on like ball golf courses and, and other courses that are open and just been like, well, whatever. Yes, they're not as fun to watch, but that doesn't mean they're not great courses and you can't have a ton of fun and they're like detracting from how great disc golf is. Yeah. It's just a different I, I, feel. I, I, I do think that there is a lot of nuance in course design lost when, yeah, when yeah, you get into open ball golf courses and you or even open courses just in general like you could you could put it on a lot of courses. Um it, it when it comes to the pro level and you need to try and force a line to make a hole truly difficult for these players. When it's wide open, you can't do that. Your only recourse is to make the landing zone dangerous um, in in their their ring in their uh, distance uh, capabilities. So that's what they have to do. And for us, we see them throw we, it, it, when you haven't actually been out and watched how incredible it is. Heard the sound of a disc that has been thrown at nearly 80 miles an hour that goes 500 and something odd feet. It's, it doesn't, that doesn't read on video. You cannot tell. And when it is seemingly the same shot over and over again on a golf course where the commentator is telling you how difficult it is to make it to this landing zone or that landing zone, but you have no depth perception on it because it's video and it's a golf course. Everything's the same kind of green or brown, depending on whether it's, you know, a golf course that some asshole made in the desert or, you know, a golf course in an area that naturally is fine with having grass and has humidity. But it just, it's so difficult for us to tell what's going on. Whereas when someone lines a shot in the woods you see it on video and you're like, oh man, look at all those woods. That's really hard to do. Well, the great thing is too, they still make it look easier. Yeah. And like you have so, to play in woods and have played in woods to even like extra understand yeah. how nuts that is. So, so let's go back to ball golf for one second. Have you ever seen the movie Basketball? I know you. I just wanted to say that. Um, yes. Once or twice. Should psych outs be added to ball golf courses? No. Absolutely not. It wouldn't be cool if I printed like cut off my finger and sprayed blood during nope. someone's drive. It would not be cool. I, I would, that would be the opposite of. Cool. It would just add, you know, to the skill and the focus that they need. No. to to do disc golf things. No, definitely not. I don't like it at all. But I, I think it would be fun. I don't like it. I don't. Think you it would don't help like the game. it, but maybe it should. They should check it out. <laughs> maybe just for like uh maybe okay okay Any, um maybe we add a psych out team that can raise money for themselves to otb skins okay 
possibly. I still think big hard no from everybody involved. But I, I, I think that I think you deserve a sticker for what, being creative. What would uh, what would be your psych out be? Um, I mean, you know what my psych out is because I've done it to you like a thousand times. It's just, oh, hey, Joe. I, oh, fuck shit. Yeah. You're, you're, you're having, uh, looks like you're having a great round. Uh, no bogeys already. Wow. No, no lies. I don't, I don't think you've ever made it through hole 12 without a bogey before. That's, that's pretty incredible. I don't know that you even go that deep. I feel like it's just like, oh, what you at? Oh, that's great. Wow. That's really good for you. Wow. You're killing it. Uh, I won't lie. Uh, I definitely played a weekly uh, two weeks ago and attempted one of those. <laughs> Didn't know the guy very well, but I thought I'd be like, and I knew he was destroying us. And I was like, hey, uh, what are you at right now? Oh, that's, and it, but it's also was a, a very easy course. And what was that really wasn't great. <laughs> so I think that's where he was just like, I'm at this and I'm I can do much and better. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for pointing it out. And then he actually played a lot better after that. So I kind of, I think I, I played it very wrong. Yeah, you need the. You, you, there's some nuance to the, to that game. You gotta, yeah, yeah. you have to work on it. You also have to pick someone that is. Yeah, never mind. It's a, Mentally weak. I mean, wait, what? <laughs> what? No, I, I wasn't. Hey, I got, I got, I got, uh, I got something new for courses. Uh, which which you may hear about in the post pre something show someday. Well, that's right. We're doing a, a post show instead of a pre show. Yeah, uh, this time. But maybe I'll talk about my new my new uh, thing that will help me stay away from you derailing my focus. Uh, see, we'll see about that. We'll we will. I'm that. not. I'm not. Should anyway. we hit up uh, Vintage Open? Let's. So there uh, was a lot of wind. The Vintage Open had brutal wind. Virtually every single shot, this was in Russellville, Arkansas, uh, but virtually every drive, both MPO and FPO, was bouncing up in the air all over the place. And uh, so, yeah, there was so much wind on on a day-to-day basis. And the thing that was, uh, in MPO particularly, the thing that was just, my main takeaway, like if I had one thing to say about MPO, somehow Calvin made every single putt. Every time I was looking at him, he was making a putt. It was insane. Like, and these were not easy putts all the way down the line. He was just constantly making circles edge and even further with ease in crazy wind where people were, immediately prior just like missing the basket entirely because they misread the wind and then calvin steps up and just center chains no problem it was it was just like a just incredible tour de force and he looked so dominant when i looked at it at the end and after watching the some of the live coverage for the final round the fact that james conrad was able to get within a couple of strokes with him was just incredible. Well, that's a testament to his second round. Like Conrad's second round, course record, minus 14, insanity. That we'll never see, Yeah, um, which is a bummer. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think um, and Calvin was consistently awesome. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it is. And that's, you know, that's not the – not the first time, not the last time we're mm-hmm. going to see that from Calvin. I think um, in the newest ratings update, Calvin's still like number three. I feel like he's been number two or number three for a long time. Yeah. And that's going to stay there or or he's going to move move up because he's that good. And it's so funny mm-hmm. to talk about Calvin Heimberg because he's been in the game for super long. I know we brought this up two years ago, three years ago when he was quote unquote breaking out. But it, yeah. he, he, and I think I, I probably have brought this up eight times. Like, nope, he was always playing really well. He just stayed regional in Florida and the South and then finally started touring. And it was like, look at this up and kind of like, nope, nope. He's a known commodity. He's real good. He's uh-huh. just touring now. Yep. Um, And that's why I don't think, he got like a rookie of the year because he wasn't a rookie. 
he just seemed like it because he started playing like on the national scene. Yeah. Um, he's got that full skill set too. And I know like watching the commentary, like, oh, even Calvin's going for a forehand. I'm like, I don't know why you're saying it like that, Kevin <laughs> Jones. Um, because he's got a, I mean, we saw that. Well, I mean, at, Kevin Jones has a forehand that is orders of magnitude better than Calvin's. Well, true, so, but we saw the same thing, like, I think at. Uh, so to him, he's like, oh, look at Calvin. At Belton. That's a cute little forehand. At Belton, he was saying the same thing about Paul McBeth. And I'm like, yeah, you, that, know he has that, an, you know he has an elite forehand, that right? That was a little odd. Like, <laughs> you, Kevin. You know, just because he doesn't always throw forehand doesn't mean he doesn't have, like, a listen, nails. You know Kevin hits those edibles. Like, I don't know if he's an edibles guy. I think, like, he's he's got a cough to get off. You know what I'm saying? Could be. Yeah, could be. He has a good time. Yeah. And we love disc golfers that have a good time. We do. We do. And and I'm not judging. I'm just, Not at all. Just saying, sometimes. We're praising. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm really surprised Paul could throw over 500 feet. Like it's just things that are just like no, really? Have you have you paid attention for the last? How know. many how many quesadillas did you and Luke Humphreys bank in your van last oh, night? Oh, dude! Like, <laughs> oh no, he got them tour winnings. He's on. He's like on like an ultimate road trip. You know, he's got enough cash for that 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 Taco Bell or that local restaurant, yeah, especially sure. like the smaller venue you you go. <laughs> like, you get some free quesadillas for sure. Like. KJ USA, you roll into like uh, so many quesadillas. Yeah, you you roll into like the local torchies or whatever, and like, oh shit, quesadillas <laughs> on the house. Uh, you're gonna be fine. You know it's true. I do. You I know do. it's I, true. I know it is. And you know he's also like chilling out to be like, hey, can I get like one more just to? Dude, what if what if just there was, take with me? Like, yeah. What if there was like quesadilla punch cards like you get from the coffee shop? Like, <laughs> oh, dude, I'm happy there's not. Buy 10 quesadillas, get I'm one free. I'm super happy there's not. <laughs> I would be upset with the amount of punches that I got on, like, quesadilla cards or burrito cards. I wouldn't be, actually. That'd like be it. fantastic. I would really like that. Yeah, like, I would really yeah, like that. Like, what the fuck are you talking You know, about? it'd make me eat so many more quesadillas and burritos because I'd be like... It'd be okay, I'd though. be like, I'm I'm three away. I'm three away from the free I'm one. I bet I could just get, like, <laughs> knock two of those out today. <laughs> like, let's go lunch, dinner. Like, let's just if keep If I buy three rocking. tonight, can I get the fourth one? We need, to stop by, we need to stop by the Mexican restaurants in town and see if we can sell them on a... <laughs> on the idea of... On the idea of getting <laughs> punch cards made. Quesadilla punch cards? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we will print... All of the punch cards for you. Yeah. In turn, we would like free quesadillas. <laughs> we would like, yeah. <laughs> we, we will design and market this idea uh, for free quesadillas. Yeah. 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 Yeah, of course. I mean, what could go wrong? K- uh, tortillas? Cheese? Some salsa? What? Like, right there, you're fine. Yeah. Like, tortilla, cheese. Everything else is good. a bonus. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you know there's a meeting down let's do it some onions okay i mean sure. if that's your thing let's roll like lettuce on the side on the side sure we haven't you even hit the meats yet and no, i said meats meats was the second thing i said oh, okay. sorry. sorry um but like my bad every meat you can think of can go in a quesadilla robin robin has discovered a new one <laughs> that is probably he probably didn't discover it he just like uh he brought it to the forefront out of, of our it, world. It was out of necessity, but you know, it it worked. It yeah. Was fine. And what is that, Robin? Uh, so you know, uh, like maybe the only uh, meat you have in your fridge is frozen meatballs, and you um, you really need a you heat up said meatballs and <laughs> throw them in tortillas with cheese, throw some salsa, whatever. I'm and telling you, it it worked fine. It was great. I like know. I think you could also you could probably do that meatball quesadilla I, with like. Dip in some marinara, even like I, I get definitely haven't done it uh, since then. It's not, um, <laughs> it's not a thing that I do after every podcast. Definitely didn't uh, put it on the list. Yeah, it's it's fine. So FPO, I think we've uh, talked pretty. We've covered uh, that Calvin Heinberg is good, and James Conrad is also good, and that uh, Kevin Jones and Luke Humphreys like quesadillas. So like, what yeah. else? Do you think? <laughs> Thomas Gilbert likes quesadillas. Like, are quesadillas I, I like don't. a Canadian thing? I don't. Uh, Do you know what else you put in a quesadilla? Um, poutine. 
Uh, what well, fromage? Right? Is that French for? Yeah, for you cheese? got that cheese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like yeah. I, I think that's what Thomas Colbert would say. If this has not been made, if, if this hasn't been made, French Canadian. If right? you have a quesadilla, cheese, obviously, cheese curds, French fries, and gravy. That that could be. <laughs> That could be great. I mean, poutine why, quesadilla. Why are we recording Let's this show right now? I, I know. Really. Hey, it was a great episode. Rob and I are going to go trademark something. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Uh, Joe, why don't you give me a top ten on on the video? Yeah, let's open. let's go let's go MPO and then we'll we'll go full FPO. Uh, so in first place, as we talked about, Calvin Heinberg at a minus twenty six. Uh, in second place with an amazing, like I said, course record, second round, James Conrad with a minus 24. Honestly, uh, watching the, the lead stuff, Rob and I played disc golf together and, or we were talking, I don't remember. We're just like, Calvin's going to just run away. It's not even be close. Yeah. Um, and that's just a testament to how great James Conrad played his second and third rounds Yep. to get that close. Nico in third with a minus 19. Uh, Nathan Queen, just great, consistent disc golf the entire weekend. In fourth with a minus 17. Tied for fifth, Adam Hammes. And we've now learned who is actually immortal, immortal, not immortal, Ricky Wysocki. Oh, shoot. Matt Bell and Gavin Rathbun all at minus 16. Gavin with an ace. Gavin the, with an ace round, and a near. I believe mega ace yeah dude uh second round the second round uh ace was was all kinds of well it wasn't an ace it wasn't the near ace but uh he got an whole 10 in the first round nice skip ace and then uh in in the second round was it hole five he it ended up he ended up missing the putt so because it it was so close and then it rolled into the some shtick but I feel like it was. Is it whole? Is it whole six? I'll I'll look in my notes, see what it says. Yeah, whole six. The five twenty five part. The five twenty five yep. part three. Yeah, whole, yep, six. whole six. You're right. Um, and then Raven Newsom, who we talked about too, a big up and comer, ninth place at minus fifteen, and then Casey White with another top ten finish. Yeah, at a minus fourteen. Yeah, I had said uh, previously that that Casey White. Uh, I'm very impressed with the way he played, but uh, I, the the course may have been up his alley, and it looks like maybe Casey White is just here to stay. And the, I think so. I feel like he's been in top ten the last like four or five tournaments. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses to his game. He can putt. He can throw forehands. He can throw backhands. I'd say his only weakness when it comes to elite competition is that he is not truly a big bomber i would say elite distances for sure so his, so his, like yep but everything else is is super well-rounded it's just that he cannot compete with the guys that throw 550 on golf lines accurately he just can't he just can't do that Here, here's the thing though i feel like he is a um if you know the story of steph curry i feel like he's like a steph curry year away from being there mm-hmm. in the sense like once again, sorry if I'm uh, preaching to the choir or if you have no idea or you don't care. Like Steph fully broke down his three-point shot and was shit for a while and totally changed things. And if you've watched a lot of like Simon's early stuff when he started his, his channel, talked about the form differences between him and Casey White. Like I think Casey White has the body type. Yeah. He has the athleticism. I think it ra- really is some form corrections not that he'll be an elite elite bomber but there are form corrections that can add a ton yeah of well, distance I mean, it, if if but he has to be willing to like know he's gonna suck for a minute doing that there's plenty of examples of small frame guys bombing just as far as casey white that are the same well, he's a lanky guy though yeah I, exactly like I, it, he just has to get that part of his form down like there's no I mean, if you if you look at the other examples in the game, I mean, there's no reason that his frame can't do what Paul Macbeth can do. Totally. It's just a matter of working on his form like Paul Macbeth does until he gets it right. And he certainly seems like the kind of person that would do that. So it's uh, it's been fun to watch. I, I hope to see more. And, yeah. Yeah. So uh, FPO. 
Um, once again, so windy. Uh, slightly different pars. Uh, 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 slightly different uh, scoring for for the ladies on on this course. So there was just a couple of holes where the the par was slightly different, but nonetheless. Um, a lot of wind for everyone to deal with. And surprisingly on a course that didn't have, it wasn't that woody, you know, normally with, with uh, Sarah Hokum at the top, you're like, all right, let's see. But I think you picked Hokum, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, pretty positive. I did. And then just in general, we had uh, no page in this tournament. So, we we didn't have to. Uh, Sorry, I sn- I snuck away. So I I secretly have um, the ratings update on my screen too, and I mm-hmm. wanted to look at uh, Casey White just because we were talking about him. So Casey White going from a sub thousand rated player last year when he started playing open to now up to ten nineteen. Yeah, and he's and he's going to grow. Like he's going to be in the ten thirty. He's got two or three tournaments that are going to add in now that yeah. are going to yeah bump no, him. He's, He's been the at the rate he's playing, he's gonna be in the ten thirties in no time. Remember we had that so. conversation of like who will hit thousand first or who will play better, Casey White or or Brody? Yeah. I think this I I don't think that this will change. <laughs> I I'm uh No. Rating ratings speak We both chose Casey White too. Of course right? you did. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we yeah. Yeah, because we watched him play disc golf and with like, Simon and start beating Simon. We're like, okay, yeah, this dude is yeah real totally. I he was he's just like a nice guy who needed a confidence boost, like from Simon to be like, mm-hmm. I guess I should go play tournaments uh-huh. and travel. And then Dismane is like, hey, you are a great face for our game. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, no, and and uh, he's. He's genuinely fun, so he I, totally I can't is. wait. All right, so FPO. Um, man, I, I, Katrina Allen and Kona Panis, I just, I, I just, <laughs> why? I just want more. I just, yeah. Like, they can throw so far compared to their field and then just like all this stuff happens well it's and it just i they're they're so athletically skilled and i just want i just want to see it and we saw the flash of it with with kona we've already talked to that about it you know ad nauseum probably but it just (sighs) if we we I mean we've talked about this outside of FPO outside of MPO just in our own uh, talking about playing disc golf and skill sets and how to play better and blah 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 blah. If I could throw seventy feet further than you, mm-hmm. but we still are a hundred and fifty out from the hole, and it comes down to an upshot and a putt. Yeah, that seventy feet means nothing yeah because your confidence throwing to the pin from 180 feet versus my 110 doesn't like it's the same it's really pretty meaningless it's pretty it's pretty meaningless and that's the same thing you know going way back to our, our conversation about simon and like i will throw a crazy super hyzer but i still have to throw an upshot and putt like and you have to throw an upshot from 80 more feet back and it's still a super comfortable throw mm-hmm. like why do that yep that's what we're seeing with Kona and Cat well Cat also has had her putting woes of well, late as but, has Kona yeah Co- Co- both of them yeah and Kona eh. it's like either you need to have way more distance to take away the upshot mhm or I mean, we talk about it all the time. Like, I think Rob and I, when we play, almost always, one out of the three facets of our game is going super well. Mm-hmm. When two are going well, we have a great, in for us, a great round. Yeah. I don't know that either one of us has ever had an all three facet not for killing a whole, it Not round. for a whole round. Right. Definitely um, not. And that's what you see in MPO. 
Yeah. The winners, the top tier, have all three facets firing on all cylinders the whole round. FPO, it's almost like the person who wins the tournament is real close to that. Yeah. And there's a, a drop off. Yeah. But but being elite at two doesn't really help you. Well, unless you're super elite at one of those two. I'm trying to think like at what point in my life have I had all three facets of my game and how how many holes did it last? And it I'm not totally sure because on a lot of the courses, it's like, oh, yeah, I had this awesome stretch. But I went like, like seven straight birdies. But, but it was like, that was just driving. But it was just driving and putting it in C1X in that stretch of time. Yeah. And it's like, and then, but because we don't play courses where there's enough a of lot like. A par four. I We're also have, in California, so I par fours don't a, really exist. I had to have a great drive and a great approach and a great putt. And it's like, uh, a lot of times on most of the disc golf courses we play, that are par threes, it's really about putting your drive in a position for a putt. So it's about, it's about having the, uh, you know, a good drive. And then maybe if it's not a great drive, you hit a big putt and, and it continues on. And then it's, did you uh, put yourself in jail and have a great approach shot? And it's like, I don't know, Ah, man, I just don't know that I have played, so Even, that the, the real world is I don't think how I, many rounds have I we had where we've had two facets exactly going I was about very to say well. I don't know that I've ever had all three facets going at the same time. And I I feel like it's like when the drives are rough, the approaches land, you know, like you you, you don't get to be I mean I got a three on I five, so Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't get to in most cases in the courses we play you don't get an approach shot unless you fuck your drive up. Totally. So totally. <laughs> and that's why I brought up. I got a three and I five. Cause that's like the one semblance I can remember that like good drive, really good approach, decent putt yeah. was like, I, I did all of the things. Yeah. But yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. So that's the other thing being in for California, those counting at home on your bingo card. This is now the 15th time Joe has at mentioned. least at least. I also uh, got a two on top of the world. <laughs> That's um, not a, an accomplishment. It way. is in the sense that I threw it's it not. in from like 170 or okay. something. Okay, you both because I had a really bad drive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you're totally right. Like Northern California, especially, is like we don't believe no, in. No, I par think fours. It just across the board in disc golf, there aren't. We don't play a lot of courses with par fours and fives, like. At, Unless it is these championship level courses yeah. that are being played on the tour, there aren't a lot of them. And therefore, there are very few holes where you need all three facets of the game to have a good hole. Like you, most holes are birdie fest type holes where you need to park it or get in the circle on your drive and then make a putt. I mean, I guess all, all of and our. And if you're doing anything else, it's a prayer. All of our personal best rounds have been good at all three facets. Mm-hmm. Not great, but yeah. but it's also our courses have a lot of that ability to like an errant drive is close to an automatic four. Yeah. So like being yeah. able to save that is like, hey, you know what? My drive wasn't great, but I had a really good upshot and a great putt yeah. to save it. Yeah. So it's, um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um. You want to do a rundown on uh, on FPO? Yeah. So just destroying the field. Sarah Hokum at a minus eight. Um, clean. This is like a Hokum course. In uh, second, Jessica Weiss at even. In third place with the woes we talked about. Plus one, Katrina Allen. Missy Gannon at a plus two. Lisa Fakus plus three and fifth. Kona at a plus six and seventh. Stacy Ronsley, which I feel like I've heard that name before, but I don't remember. Plus eight and seventh. Rebecca Cox and eight. Deanne Carey at a plus 13 and ninth. And then in 10th, Kat Mersh at a plus 14. So just from first to 10th, and we actually might be something similar to that in, in uh, maybe not similar in MPO, but that is a. 22 stroke difference 
no. between first and tenth. Let's see if I can do quick math and do the same in MPO. Twelve. So yeah. it's a twelve stroke difference in MPO from yeah. first to tenth. Yeah. I mean it was uh I, I do like the course. It was fun to watch. Uh, you know, they had the huge river in the background and, uh, you know, some good variation on the shots. Ton of wind. It's tough. Wind is hard. Like, I just, it, it it's really difficult for the players. It's really difficult for you watching to, to know what's going on, especially when you see a putt that just, like, you know, failure to launch out yep. of the hand. Yep. And, and it's clear that it was wind, but... It, it, lots of wobbles and death like that. And yeah. seeing that from, like, Rick in the first round, I was like, what? Yeah. That's yeah. a thing that can happen? Um, so, it's, that part is brutal. It is. So. It is. And I and wind is something too, like... Um, but when you're on a... There's, that river looked like it was, like, 200 feet wide. And when you're in a situation like that, that's probably a space where wind is pretty normal. Just coming off the water like that, that's that's probably... Well, and so I watched only a small amount. I didn't really dive into the OTB skins, and they filmed that before the tournament starts. Mm-hmm. Tons of mud and puddles, huge puddles. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that we probably didn't realize, like how much like muck and mud was out Got there it. too through mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. uh, who knows? But it's also Arkansas, so maybe it like just evaporated yeah. up real quick and was, was gravy. Speaking of Arkansas... We have the Jonesboro Open, a true Disc Golf Pro Tour event, not a Silver Series. And uh, we've got some picks to do, I we believe. We do. We do. Before indeed. we get to that, live media coverage will be on Disc Golf Network, DGN. So check that out. You'll have the MPO lead card on Jomez Pro, the MPO chase card will be on gatekeeper media and gk productions will be doing the fpo lead cards that's a nice little run of peoples so that's a that's a pretty pretty good group there on uh on coverage for jonesboro tons of uh, previous year video coverage on jonesboro if you're looking for a disc side of heaven as it is affectionately known Joe, are you ready? I feel like I got the MPO winner, and I think you got the FPO winner, right. but I don't think you actually chose Hokum to win. I don't think I did. So you can, I, you can. I think start I chose Heimberg to win, but I since you didn't actually save your picks, yeah, we can't I did compare. That. Oh, who, speaking of which, I totally have these up, and I am just now going to actually save my picks. Got it. Um. So. In in third place for MPO, I'm taking Paul Macbeth. Oh wow. I am taking redemption for not destroying basically what he described as his home course, Kevin Jones. Okay. All right. I like it. In uh in second place, I'm taking Ricky Waisaki. I'm also taking Ricky Waisaki in second place. Ooh. All right. I think we're we're going the same place then. Uh Possibly. And, and the, Do you have Kevin number one? No. Oh, okay. I'm taking Calvin Heimberg in first place. I'm taking Paul McBeth in first place. Ooh. Um, I feel like he's ready to get it. And Heimberg historically has not... He placed second last year. Historically has not come <laughs> out of a win with another high finish. Uh, well, he, I mean, he, he's, he's not done back it this to year. Back to, I mean, he's been pretty much. I feel like each time he has a big win, and maybe this isn't oh, a big okay. win. His next tournament, he's still like top ten, but not. Got it. Not. Yeah. Making a run for the the top. No, yes, he's had multiple yeah. top one two, but I'm saying he he so far in the time I'm paying attention mm-hmm. has a, a kind of a, a drop off the next <clears throat> tournament after a win. Yeah. Because going back to back is tough as shit. It is. It is very um, tough. So but that's that's why I, I them, uh, them silver series. I don't know. I, don't I feel know. like Paul uh, just got embarrassed by Simon on his own channel on his own course that he built. Could be. Um, he knows he hasn't played well. I like it. I'm a Paul apologist. I'm I'm an ep, a an apologist. apologist. Yeah. Uh, I my hope 
my hope is that um, I'd love to. See, I mean, I'd love to see Kevin Jones do some stuff. I want a Macbeth Waisaki. I always want that battle. I'm super down. That is the shit. Yeah, I I would love to see a Paul Macbeth Waisaki battle where Calvin Heimberg comes from the chase card and wins. Like I want that's, disc that's golf. What I, want to see. I want disc golf to get big enough that we get a uh, Waisaki Macbeth thirty for thirty a la Magic and Bird. That'd be so fun. That'd be fucking great. Yeah, Jomez, so down. You can steal that shit. Actually, Ian, jump the fuck in. I, I mean, I don't Go think they that. have any control over it getting. Good I mean, enough, so. not actually thirty for thirty, but a thirty thirty esque like. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that's that's totally doable. But all right, FPO. Um, in third place, I'm taking Katrina Allen. In third place, I am taking Heather Young. Okay, I like it. In second place, I'm taking Haley King. I am also taking Haley King in second place. Joe. It's only our second set of lined up. That's fine. In first place, I'm taking Paige Pierce. I'm I'm not I'm taking Katrina Allen. I, I she has to. Paige Pierce has spent enough time fucking just, around. Like I want her to prove me wrong. What did you say her rating dropped by? Uh nineteen points. Nineteen points. Nineteen points. 19 points. After being 996 rated. After being four away from 1,000 is now 977. I would like to say PDGA, Paige Pierce throws together years and years of awesome tournaments, gets to 996 rated, and is just like puts together all these rounds, goes up the tiniest bit, the tiniest bit, the tiniest bit, and then has a bad four-tournament stretch and drops 19 points? I don't know. I, you gotta, something's got to be get figured the out. The waiting on, needs to be figured out. On the FPO side. On the, like, for sure. I, for it, sure. Especially when you talk about the crazy discrepancy between first and 10th. And, and what I talked about today is not a new thing. That's not no. like a crazy, like, Oh, this was an anomaly. Like it is regular for the top one, two to be oh, 20. We, we talk about it almost exactly. every single time. The, the waiting needs to be different. Yeah. So that, it, that just, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be so difficult for her to move up and, have a few bad tournaments like Paul McBeth has a few bad tournaments he goes from 1055 to 1053 right they're playing the same amount of disc golf I figured out like I, I just I don't care I'm sure there are people that understand the system better than I do that are like well the reason is this and I'm like no that's not I feel that's like not a good no one really understood like to be totally so honest either, yeah. like when you ask someone from PDGA, hey, so how's it? We're like, well, it's like this thing and this thing, and we like do this and like, and then we look at the scores and we go like, nah, that doesn't make sense. So we add in a multiplier here because that kind of makes us feel better about why they're this close and not that close. And then mm-hmm. we put points and how many tournaments, and uh, we kind of just make it work so it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not to take away from anybody with great ratings, yeah, but it's kind of silly and. Um, the scale for FPO should be adjusted. Now, granted, Paige Pierce had some pretty terrible, true, true rounds in that that stretch, but it just, I I feel like Paul McBeth could have taken a dump on the T pad, and at worst, he would have dropped into the, into like ten forty eight, or like ten forty six, or something like that, and he could have like. It, but it wouldn't have been 19 points drop in rating. True. And and if you're listening and you can explain to me why, please, I, I would love to understand it further than I do currently. I just, I look at it and I... I in 50 we, words We've or had less. this discussion about Paige Pierce making it to 1,000 over and over and over again. And she has these incredible stretches where she plays what looks to me like thousand rated golf, um, thousand plus rated golf over and over and over again. And a few like 
low 900s rounds suddenly drop her big time and it's like i just i just don't it's also like where did that 900 come like, it seems mm. like something needs to be reworked and i don't like it so yeah uh i'm fix fully, it yeah or just fix it yeah Let's just fix it fix it don't explain it just fix it <laughs> i don't want your explanation one I don't know that I could follow it. So I don't. Two, <laughs> just fix it. Just, just fix it. Shh. Just fix it. Shh. I would like a uh, a one thousand rated uh, fierce. That's that's what I want. So like, fix it. Make it so I can have that. And um, yeah, fix it. Shh. Shh. Fix it. <laughs> it's fine. Shh. So Shut Jonesboro live coverage. Got some awesome post-produce coming. Oh, you know who's playing Jonesboro? Who I didn't even look, and maybe he's played lots of tournaments and I didn't even think about it, but I have the the screen up from uh, UDisc Live and I can see all the faces and whatnot, and one jumped out to me. Um, you know I haven't seen a lot of this year, and I just want to. I just want to because I miss him. MJ. Yeah, that's right. Actually, we have not had an MJ sighting yet. I, I feel like my... My body needs that. Yeah. Yeah, it probably does. I need a I need a let me loft this putt up from thirty five feet and just turn around because I know let yeah. me turn around to pick up my bag because of course. I know as soon as I let go of it, it's dropping in the basket. Yeah. God, I we love all that need shit. It. We all need let me that. pump this comet up like the most gross small line possible and do the same pick up my bag. Turn around, pick up my bag because I know I'm parked like out of my hand. I knew Everything was working perfectly, and I controlled the wind with my mind, and I know that when it gets at that 250-foot mark, it's still going to go true exactly where I put it. Yeah. Yep. God, I love fucking Michael Johansson. Yeah, and he probably has like an amazing tie-dye technique at the same time. You know it's just, it's just on point. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Tie-dye is coming back. He's and and Tyler never left, bro. What are you talking about? You're right. You're right. You're right. Damn. All right. Well, that's all we got for you in this episode of the Discord Podcast. Check out our website, throwstuffatstuff.com. We have pins, we have silly pints, we have discs. There's other stuff on there. You can also, if you're looking for a disc or a beer that we reviewed, you can find it on our website. We list them all. Uh, you know. Given that we didn't do one in this episode, figure maybe yeah you could look up some other ones. Yeah, find cool find a good one you want to see. Next, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. If you love the regular show, you will very much appreciate the pre-shows. In the case of this episode, it's gonna be a, a an after show. Cause we um I, I full honesty, I fucked up. I hit the record button, I didn't look. And um, there was a storage card issue. And uh, we, Joe legitimately had like this massively emotional confession that is completely unrecorded uh, that we're going to try and recreate in an after show in this this next episode. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. Patreon.com slash the Disco Podcast <laughs> where Joe is going to... <laughs> I've got enough drinks. I'll probably do it again. <laughs> yeah. I definitely l- listen. And and uh, I would love for you to join. He'll tell you the link one more time in a second because I cut him off. Um, I definitely I definitely shared a lot of inside like real life shit um, to which we realized we didn't record. And I was like, I'm not ready to do it again because I kind I bared more than. Let's have some more beers. Let's have some more beers, and then I'll probably do it again. Yeah. So that is going to happen. With that said, like it's fun, good stuff. It's not like heartbreaking, bad shit. Um, Why you gotta uh, come on, Joe? Uh, that was a perfect oh, sorry. I'm thinking guy. about people that are me that don't like. I don't want to hear sad things. I don't like drama. I didn't. Did I make it sound like it was a? Sad no, thing? I was just saying it wasn't. You're like, why are you saying that it wasn't? Because maybe they might think it is and jump in. It's all good stuff, but it's like. It's real shit. It's, you know, it's our You don't have to explain it. I'm I mean, sorry. I left it a perfect <laughs> I'm sorry, Robin. No. I didn't mean it. God. Don't man. hit me again. I mean, what? It's called a tease. I was. It was a tease. Why you got to? Typical Robin. <laughs> a tease.
well, Joe ruined it. So I guess you don't need to be patreon.com slash the discount podcast. Yes, you do. You don't know what I'm going to talk about. I think they do. You're going to talk about sad stuff. And And no, I just said it's not sad stuff. (laughs) Stop trying to steer them that way. It kind of sounded like sad stuff. No, I purposely stopped to say it's not sad. It's good stuff, but it's like personal stuff (laughs) that I'd like to share with my friends (laughs) that are patrons. Damn it, Robin. <laughs> like uh, like kinky would you rathers. I mean. <laughs> hey, how do you think Kyle Klein's going to do this tournament? <laughs> I'm like just looking at faces and be like, ooh, ooh. this person. <laughs> All right, real quick before we go. And we will we will take this back up uh-huh. on the post show. Okay. Best After rest of show. season. Casey White or Ezra Aderhold? Okay, I like this. That's a great discussion. Cool. All right. Uh, Get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff. This is a song for the aceless. For those with aces, listen closely. You don't always have to huck it hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking not run an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you want to put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say Hey, I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it Smoothly, I'm gonna toss it so sweetly. And then you say, Hey, I hit some metal. And then you say, Wait a minute, Robin. I think I'm starting to get it now. Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork. What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me, it's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you. What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly. And then I'll fucking hook it softly. And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly. But then I'm gonna hook it.